How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. This is episode 32. So this episode, we're going to take a look at the rest of week seven. You know, I already did Thursday night preview a few episodes ago. But now we're going to take a look at the Sunday slate of games as well as the Monday night game. Um, with that, you know, go through the top five games of the rest of the slate and something new. I'm going to try out going forward. I'm going to give you my bold prediction for the games today. Uh, Also going to go back to top 10 rankings. We're going to see, you know, if there's been any movement in my top 10. Any new teams jumped up in the top 10. Definitely do that. And, of course, end the episode with my week 7 picks. See if I can bounce back from last week's 2 and 4 showing. But... You know, to get the episode started, I uh, just want to look back at the Rays-Dodgers games for last night. I mean, there's a lot to digest with that one. You know, you know, if you didn't see the game, it was a really well-played game. Both teams just taking, you know, just throwing haymakers at each other. The ending was probably the greatest ending for a World Series game in a while. So... But yeah, I mean, the Dodgers took the early lead. Uh, was it uh, Justin Turner hit another uh, home run to lead off for the Dodgers? And it was starting to look like, okay, maybe the Dodgers are ready to take this series over. You know, get that 3-1 lead. And possibly head into tonight's Game 5 as an elimination game. But, you know, the... Both of them just went back and forth. I think it was uh, six straight innings where, you know, a team scored a run. And, uh, you know, every time the so the Dodgers started out early, the Rays came right back. And then the, every time the Dodgers took a one run, two run lead here or there, the Rays always seemed to chip away, whether it was, and there's a lot of big plays. There was, you know, um, Kiermaier's home run late in the game which was big because it was off of their lefty specialist and it was you know it was a decent pitch but I mean Kiermaier was all over it hit it like 420 feet out into right field you had I mean you have like the continued uh, story building of uh, Arena. Like he is just the most, he looks like the most dangerous guy in baseball right now. And even the announcers were looking at it saying if the Dodgers may have to treat a Rosarena like uh, Barry Bonds, remember? You know, he'd going up against the Angels, and there was situations where they would put Barry Bonds on base no matter what. Uh, 
think in that series there was bases loaded and the Angels were up two and they actually walked Barry Bonds to force in a run only because they didn't want to face Barry Bonds in that situation. And they did end up winning that game. But, I mean, it seems like everything the Dodgers throw to Rosarena, he's putting, you know, great swings on the ball. He's driving the ball. He hit another home run last night. So he has a nine this postseason which I believe sets the new record and yeah he's just locked in so I know before the series I did make the prediction of Dodgers in six so of course for that to happen um, the Rays do have to win two games which they did win last night I probably should have started with that but yeah they won last night but last night's game is the type of game where you could definitely see the series take that hard right turn to the other team and you know my MVP pick was Mookie Betts but if Tampa Bay does find a way to win this series Arosa Reina is easily going to be the MVP so that's something to look forward to Kenley Jensen struggles again in October blows the save last night wasn't all his fault of course um, but he just, I mean, those World Series matches with the Red Sox past few years, it always seemed like all the big hits for the Red Sox happened against Kenley Jansen. The Astros World Series, same thing. Now looking at last night, uh, this is the Gratterall goes out there, bottom of the eighth, you know, gets a big strikeout. He pumps his chest, points to the sky. You know, he did his job, give the ball to Jensen. Although they could have brought Gatterall back out for the ninth because he only faced, I think, two batters in the eighth. And he looked, I mean, his his pitches were overwhelming. He was throwing upper 90s. I believe he touched 100 on a couple of fastballs. You know, he was leaving a lot of his pitches up, but... You know, the Tampa Bay hitters are having a hard time catching up to it. So that's going to be a question for Dave Roberts. Why he didn't just stick with Gratterall, even though he hasn't committed to Jensen as the closer anyway. So Jensen's not your closer, then you're not obligated to bring him into that game last night. But I guess maybe to build some confidence, he brought Jensen in, hoping Jensen could get through it. But yeah, it just didn't happen. So, the Rays win the game in a walk-off fashion. Uh, it was 8-7. Uh, to seven. And the final play was, was just nuts. So, Tampa Bay has a guy coming up. His name is slipping me right now. But he's a guy who's like a career 200 hitter. You know, he's kind of a punch and judy type hitter meaning you know he'll hit little singles here and there whatever so he's up at the plate I'm watching the game and I'm like okay this looks like actually I did think that he was going to get a hit in that situation I was like that would be that would just fall in line with the whole you know story that's being written in this series of Tampa Bay just Standing up to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the overwhelming favorite. 
you know, looking them in their eye and just letting them know that they're not just here just to give it over to them. They're here to fight for it. So he gets, I think he gets down in the count one, two. And Jensen makes a pitch. It was on the inner half. You know, it wasn't the worst pitch that he threw. And I can't remember remember the guy's name, but he put good swing on the ball, got over the infield, out into right field. Uh, Taylor comes up to the ball, and he's, you know, in that situation, it's bottom of the ninth, guys on first and second. So everybody's kind of, you know, adrenaline's already up. So Taylor charges on the ball. It bounces off his glove. And so at that point, the runner from second was going to score anyway. That was the, that was the obvious one. So Taylor at this point is just thinking, if I can gun down a Rosarena at the plate, at least we go into extra innings. Fine, because Rosarena is on first. He was just walked the uh, at bat before. Because like I said, Dave Roberts wasn't going to have a Rosarena beat them in that situation. You know, man on first. A Rosarena was at the plate. If a Rosarena hit a home run, the game's over. So they pitch really carefully to him. Nothing in the strike zone, hoping to see him chase. He actually chased the 3-2 pitch out of the zone, but hit a dribbler foul. And then the very next pitch, he was walked. So he's on first. And uh, so they had first, second. It was two out. Hit to right field. Taylor charges in bobbles it so like I said run from second scored but Rosarena I don't even know if he saw the bobble or not I think the minute he heard the ball hit the bat his mindset was I'm scoring because if you look at the play he had no business rounding third but I don't think he saw the third base coach if he did he certainly didn't acknowledge him because he hadn't even reached third base yet and Taylor actually picked up the ball from his bobble but Arosaran kept going anyway he stumbles halfway between third and home so the relay comes in to uh, Seager who I think took a look at Arosaran and knew Arosaran had rounded third didn't realize that he stumbled either so once Seager got it Seager just fired it home at this point, I think Arosarena had just gotten back up. It was looking to go back to third. But um, the throw came to the catcher. The catcher peaked Arosarena coming. Didn't see him fall either. So he assumed once he gets the relay, he has to do a quick swipe tag to get Arosarena at the plate in a bang-bang play. So, you know, his mind was running faster than his body he didn't actually catch the relay the ball goes to the backstop you know bounces off the home plate umpire's uh left leg why why if you have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why Why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile priority 
prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Goes towards the backstop. Orosarena then has to stop his momentum from going back to third. He comes home, slides in, safe. You know, he slaps the plate three times. Nobody can believe what's going on. The announcers are dumbfounded by it. Uh, the race players are running out to center field. You know, they're just, you know, throwing their arms in the air. They're jumping on each other. Rosarena's still at the plate. Still can't figure out what's going on. And I feel like that that moment of him rounding third, tripping, falling down, getting up, going back to third, only to turn around and head home for the win, that's going to be the defining moment of these World Series. Whether or not Tampa Bay wins it or not, um... But, I mean, Tampa Bay is a team that they are showing on the national stage that they are going to be a team to be reckoned with. You know, they still have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, but they just find a way to get it done. And I know I picked the Dodgers in six, so with the series being tied 2-2, still on pace for that. But And like I said, when I made that Dodgers pick, it was my head going Dodgers because I feel like they're the better team my heart's telling me that the Rays only because I don't want to see the Dodgers win it but it's tough either way because the Rays are in the same division as my Red Sox so if the Rays win the World Series then they'll be the latest team with a ring in the division and the fact that they have the lowest payroll in the division you know is a slap in the face to how the Red Sox are going right now plus the Yankees although that makes me happy that the Yankees haven't won it since the Red Sox have. But, yeah. So, Game 5 tonight. Definitely be checking that out. Hope you do as well. Because this series is just... It's been everything that baseball could have hoped for with the way that the season started. This has been... This is going to be a great finish to the year for them. So, you know. Just want to talk about that real quick. But... As I said, this is about week seven in the NFL. So, gonna transition into the week seven slate of games. You know, we already had Thursday night football, Eagles, Giants. But looking at the schedule for Sunday and Monday, once again, great matchups on the schedule. I'm gonna give you my top five right now. You know, games that I will be checking out. Because, you know, I got I usually put game on the TV and a game on my laptop. But if there's multiple games, I do watch Red Zone as well. So, for me, game number five, Panthers at Saints. Now, a couple of weeks I've put the Panthers in my top five matchup. Once again, you're probably like, eh. But the Panthers are one of the surprise teams in the NFL. They come into this matchup three and three. You know, as a team that was looked at as probably going, maybe having three wins for the for the whole year, if that they were they were not expected to be 
within any contention of playoffs. You know, it's still early in the year, but, you know, three and three is better than I thought they would be at this point. So they're traveling to New Orleans to face the Saints. You know, I've stated on here, I'm not a big believer in the Saints. And now when you throw in this whole Michael Thomas situation where he may miss today's game again, but last week he, you know, missed the game with the whole altercation in the locker room and, you know, trade deadlines two weeks away. Do the Saints, does it get so bad that maybe the Saints look at trading a guy like Michael Thomas? I don't know. We'll have to, you know, sit here and wait for that. But, you know, can Teddy Bridgewater take that, take this upstart Panthers team down to New Orleans, always tough to play, and beat the seemingly reeling Saints? You know, can they get pressure on Drew Brees? Because I still think Drew Brees is, I still think he's shot after this year. I think he's done no matter what, but he hasn't looked that great this year. So I want to see, can Carolina take advantage of that? Also added to it, Emmanuel Sanders is out for the Saints today. So could be no, well, there is no Sanders, could be no Thomas. Just saying, this this could be this could be the time for Carolina to get a big win, you know, get to four and three, start feeling good about themselves. Just saying, look out for that game. Fourth game, I have the Buccaneers at the Raiders, which if this game were next week would have been so much better because Antonio Brown was with the Raiders last year. That didn't last for them. He's signed with the Buccaneers which I went into my last episode at the beginning. But so just in case you hadn't heard that one yet, Antonio Brown has signed a one-year deal with Tampa Bay. Uh, but he can't play until week nine. But I think Tampa Bay has a bye week next week or something. Yeah, but his first game can't be until the Buccaneers play the Saints. But if... If he had come back in this game, it would have been that would have been a great story to see him against former team in the Raiders with his new team with the Bucks, whole John Gruden aspect of it. It would have been great, but still a great matchup because the Raiders are coming off their bye, and before the bye, they beat the Chiefs in dominating fashion. You know they're sitting at three and two. They're a game and a half behind the Chiefs in the division. So if the Raiders can come out of the bye, take down another top team in the league, that gives the Raiders momentum going forward where the mentality in that locker room could start turning from uh, let's be a surprise team to, you know what, why can't we be a playoff team? Why can't we challenge the Chiefs for the division? The Chiefs haven't looked unbeatable, as the Raiders proved, so... And then with Tom Brady, you know, with uh, Chris Godwin coming back, Gronkowski showing a pulse last week. I do want to see how this offense continues to come together. So, so yeah, Buccaneers Raiders, fourth matchup. The number three game of the week, I got the Bears at the Rams. That's also the Monday night game. And the interesting thing with this matchup is 
like when you see the ESPN promo for it, they actually have two defensive players that they are highlighting, which is a rarity in today's NFL. But with that brings the question of which team's defense can be the leading force in this game. Uh, will it be Khalil Mack and that Bears defense, which is top 10? Or Aaron Donald and that Rams defense? And, you know, offensively, both teams are, we'll say efficient. You know, depending on what, now the Bears offense has been more up and down than the Rams. But even look at the quarterback battle with Nick Foles versus Jared Goff has the potential to be a really, really, really good matchup. Um, But yeah, I think ultimately it will come down to which defense can turn over which other team's quarterback. So can Aaron Donald, you know, possibly get to Nick Foles, get a key strip sack or something? Or can maybe Khalil Mack, you know, force Jared Goff into an Aaron throw and... You know, a big interception somewhere in the game. So, so that's definitely going to be a, a big, big-time matchup. Second matchup I'm looking at are the Seahawks going to uh, Arizona to face the Cardinals. Now, you know, if you've heard all of my uh, previews for the NFL weeks, you know how much I like Russell Wilson and you also know how much I like Kyler Murray. So, of course, in this matchup, I get them going against each other. Why wouldn't it be one of my top five matchups? You know, they're both major players in the NFC West. The, St- I mean, the Seahawks are leading the, d- the division at 5-0. and The Cardinals are 3-2. and But, you know, the Cardinals are coming off that win against the Cowboys. We all know the Cowboys have are a mess right now. But... It was still a good win for a young football team. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a little banged up, but he is expected to play, which which is a big deal. So the Seahawks' pass defense isn't that good. You know, they they kind of make every team's passing game look really good, sometimes better than it actually is. So I'm expecting a big day from Kyler Murray through the air. But the Seahawks just find a way to get wins. And ultimately, that's what it's about. No matter how bad your defense may be, if your offense can find a way to, you know, if Russell Wilson continues to find ways to find wins in games where it doesn't look like they can win it, I mean, I can't really say anything bad about them. So, and the, the underlining storyline in this one is Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson kind of a look in the mirror they both you know Russell Wilson is more established of course he's been in the league longer Kyler Murray as a young guy I've always said he should model his game after Russell Wilson and you're kind of seeing it a little more this year where you know Kyler Murray will take off and run when he has to 
He's, you know, he's really good about slack. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hiding, just like Russell Wilson is, but he will run out of bounds as well when there's no need to take an unnecessary hit, which Russell Wilson does better than anybody in the league. So that's that's kind of the bigger reason why I have this at number two, because I just want to see the two guys who games actually mirror each other go against each other. So I feel like it's going to be an exciting game. Uh, could definitely be a high scoring game. So, you know, all that leads to the number one matchup of the week. I'm sure you've already guessed it. It's the Steelers versus the Titans. Both teams come into this matchup 5-0. So, after this week, we'll have, uh, I believe, only one undefeated team left. Unless they tie, of course. But not expecting anything like that here. But biggest thing is, can the Steelers defense... Find a way to slow down Derrick Henry. And with that, not have any of their players end up on a poster because Derrick Henry seems to be stiff-arming people to outer space every week. Look at Josh Norman from last week. So yeah, that's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill has played at an MVP-type level, but it's it's clear to everybody who's watched the Titans, you're... Priority needs to be stop Derrick Henry. You can't have Derrick Henry with his, you know, 50 yards, 60 yard, 70, sometimes 90 plus yard run. No. You give up one of those, Tennessee's tough to beat. Because Tennessee's offense takes their um, direction from Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry struggles, that gives you a better chance of stopping the Titans and then other side of the ball can Ben Roethlisberger continue his great performance so far you know he's completing like 70% of his passes which I didn't think Ben Roethlisberger had that in him which is funny I think the way that he's playing now is the way that um, the Steelers wanted when they brought in you know Todd Haley a few years ago and everybody was like, I wonder how this is going to work. Because at that point, Big Ben was the type to hold on to the ball, wait for plays to develop downfield, and he was starting to struggle. But now the Steelers' offense is more of a, you know, Roethlisberger takes a snap, quick reads, you know, get the ball out of his hand quickly. And you're seeing the, the, the payoff from that. 70% is great. And he's not you know, committing a lot of those costly turnovers. So if that's something that they can, that they can keep going forward, then the Steelers are going to be a team to be reckoned with come playoff time. So there you are. Those are my top five matchups of the week. So now as, as I teased in the opener, something that I want to do from this point forward in the NFL season is I'm going to give a bold prediction for the weekend. And of course, when I do my, uh, I guess, week seven recap, 
we'll take a look back at that bold prediction and see if it came uh if it was true or not so my bold prediction for this weekend is okay so so get yourself ready for this one this is pretty bold i believe Nikhil harry will score a touchdown for the patriots today against the 49ers now Nikhil harry has struggled again in his second season we're not really sure how much that is on him as opposed to uh cam newton struggling against denver and then missing the game with kansas city but you know we saw the potential there with the game against the seahawks where harry caught eight passes he didn't get into the end zone but he he was the one who actually set him up where cam newton came a yard short harry made the catch before that at the one yard line couldn't get into the end zone so i think Nikhil harry gets into the end zone this week whether it's a reverse in the red zone or maybe those like corner uh, lob passes and he goes up and gets it. I, I think he, he reaches the end zone. So there's my bold prediction for the weekend. Uh, so now looking at my top 10 teams going into the weekend. I guess normally I would have done this for the Thursday night game, but Giants Eagles, they didn't factor in anyway. So who cares? But yeah, so going into the top 10 now you don't remember my top 10 list from last week it was you know seahawks titans then i had packers chiefs steelers ravens rams uh browns bears raiders were my top 10 last week and i can tell you right now some teams have moved out of my top 10 so which means new teams are in my top 10 for this week and there's been quite a bit of movement so with that we'll get it going with my number 10 team right now i have the colts and you know i'm not even i don't even feel really good about that one because i mean you know, i'm not a big fan of philip rivers he hasn't shown me anything to prove that their offense can actually do anything to make me think that they're a serious threat i know their record is what it is and it's pretty good but I don't believe in them, but I just think that there's some teams that are sitting behind them. One, like the Raiders who fell out of the top 10, mainly because they're on bye, and I want to see how they look today against the Buccaneers before I put them back in the top 10. You know, there's the Bills who are right outside the top 10. The Browns, well, kind of gave that away, but the Browns dropped out after they got, you know, dismantled, so... Even a team like the Patriots, if they can bounce back and beat the 49ers, they can slide up into the top 10. So, but for with that, I'm going with the Colts, top 10 team right now. Um, at nine, oh, and the Colts moved up three spots for me. So they leaped over the Raiders and the Bills to get into the top 10. Uh, nine, I left the Bears at number nine. They haven't done anything to uh, make me want to move them up on the list or slide them down. I, I still need to see some more out of Nick Foles before I'm ready to move them up from nine. So they are still they, they'll stay at nine for now. 
another new team into my top 10. I have the Buccaneers at number 8. Some may even think that might be a little low for them right now, but I want to see uh, Godwin coming back, and I want to see if Gronkowski is actually ready to be a regular contributor on that team. And I want to see if, the, if their defense continues to grow and get better. So for now, they're at 8, but definitely a chance for them to go up with a good win today against the Raiders. Uh, seven, I have the Rams there. Uh, they have the potential to move up with a win against the Bears. You know, I, I want to see if Goff and that offense can can you know continue to look pretty good. And I want to see if Aaron Donald, you know, can can truly dominate the defensive line because there are some times where the Rams play on. You know, Sunday night or Monday night games, and Aaron Donald kind of gets neutralized easily with, you know, offensive line that can actually protect a little bit. So I want to see if Aaron Donald can be that uh, wrecking force uh, against the Bears. Ravens, I have them sitting at six. Um, I I still feel like there's an element to that team that's missing. From making them truly Super Bowl contenders in my eye. Uh, I still need to see Lamar Jackson prove with his arm that he can beat good teams. I think he relies on his scrambling ability too much. And I, I'm just fearful that at some point he's going to take an unnecessary hit. And not to the extent of like, you know, Robert Griffin was a guy who came in the league, could outrun defenses. And all it took was for him along the sideline to try to gain an extra yard or so. And he took a big hit. And he he has never been the same since that. Not to say that's going to happen to Lamar Jackson. But I think for Baltimore to really win a Super Bowl, he's going to have to prove it with his arm. We all know the type of runner that he is. But, you know, tougher teams, better defenses will clearly play for that to start with to keep him in the pocket and if he can't show consistently that he can hit open receivers or throw it into tight windows then I think the Ravens are just going to be what they are every year as a you know top performing team in the regular season but they'll flame out in the playoffs so I'm keeping them at six right now uh new number five is Green Bay who I dropped down uh, two slots from last from last week, and we all saw the game against Tampa Bay. Aaron Rodgers was terrible. The offense was terrible. The defense didn't do anything. So they're probably lucky to still be at five because I could have dropped them a lot lower than that. But I'll keep them there for now. Uh, so with them dropping down, the Steelers moved up a spot to number four. They have that game with the Titans today. And if they can beat the Titans, then trust me, they will they will leap up past four into next week's rankings. So I want to see will Roethlisberger continue his you know good play. Chase Claypool, is he the next you know it wide receiver? And can they stop Derrick Henry? So can the defense show me? You know, against the top 
offensive player can they shut him down so they're at four three i have the chiefs um the chiefs play the broncos today i believe that's the games in the snow as well which is nothing like watching a snow game on tv but you know they had the bounce back from the raiders game and they got a you know big win against the bills so I moved them back up into the top three. Um, we will see. Was it uh, Lashawn McCoy? No, not Lashawn McCoy. What's his name? Le'Veon Bell. That's his name. Le'Veon Bell. It's going to be his first game with the Chiefs today. So I do want to see what he adds to the offense. And do they change the offense in any way with Bell out there? Could we see... Bell and Edwards Edwards Alaire on the field at the same time. I think we will. Whether it's you know split uh, beside Mahomes and shotgun, or even like both of them out in the slot as slot receivers, or you know Bell in the backfield with Mahomes. Well, probably Alaire in the backfield with Mahomes, and maybe Bell as a split wide receiver in the slot. So I, I just want to see what dynamic this brings to this offense, which had enough weapons to start with. Although Sammy Watkins is out today, so Bell will get some opportunities. I want to see what that looks like. And then one and two stay the same. I have the Titans at two, and you know they're playing the Steelers, so that's a big matchup, two versus four, at least in my rankings. And I mean, just have to give it to Tennessee, you know, with the two week layoff from not practicing and then dismantling the bills really put them on the map. And now today against the Steelers is another chance for them to, you know, assert their dominance and really come out of this weekend as a true Super Bowl contender. And then, of course, with that, number one, I have the Steelers up. I mean, the Steelers, the Seahawks at one still. And they're going to stay there for now. Um, you know, they have the Cardinals this week, which I mentioned in the top five. So, like I said, Russell Wilson is my MVP pick right now. I haven't seen anything to say that he isn't. Quarterback is the most important position on the field. So, if you have the best quarterback, your team's undefeated, you are number one in my power ranking. So, there we go. Just really quickly, top 10 again, Seahawks, Titans, Chiefs, Steelers, Packers, Ravens, Rams, Buccaneers, Bears, and the Colts. So yeah, you know, if you disagree with that, leave a comment. Um, If you do agree, maybe you have a reshuffled, you can comment that as well. But there are my top 10 teams. Like I said, those are my top 10. I haven't seen anybody else's top 10. I didn't copy anybody else's, so... That's just from me sitting at home watching these teams play. But now we are at the point where um, I got to go through my week seven picks. Last week was two and four. I made the proclamation back then that I was going to bounce back this week. So let's see. And hopefully I do. So I already did the Eagles Giants. Um. I picked the Eagles over the Giants 
as the Eagles are three and a half point favorite. Um, we'll go over the when I did the re- um, review of Week Seven. We'll see how all my picks did. So I'm just gonna give you my picks right now. So Eagles over the Giants. Now, oh, another disclaimer. If you are new to this show, I always do Thursday night football. I'm in the Atlanta area, so I always pick the Falcons game. From the Boston area, a Patriots fan, so I always pick their game. Then I will do the Sunday night game, Monday night game. And then usually there's another game out there I want to pick, so I do usually do six games a week. So, with that, so I am taking the Falcons as a two and a half point favorite over the Lions. I'm, you know, I I liked what I saw of the Falcons last week. You know, it's Raheem Morris's second game as the coach. Um, Julio Jones is expected to play again this week, even though he has this lingering hamstring injury, but. But yeah, the team just has a newfound energy, and the Lions are the Lions. We all know Matt Patricia is probably on his last leg in Detroit, so I think the Falcons get their second straight win this week over the Lions. Uh, third game, I have the Panthers. So it's Panthers-Saints. Saints are a 7.5-point favorite. I'm taking the Panthers in that game. Don't know if the Panthers will actually upset the Saints in that one, but I don't see the Saints winning that by more than a touchdown if they even do. Um, yeah, I think the Panthers cover that game easily. I don't think in I don't think at any point, unless the Saints are facing the Jets, can we just go into any matchup and pick the Saints as uh, more than touchdown favorite? So I'm taking the Panthers in that one. Patriots 49ers. I've got the Patriots as a two and a half point favorite over the 49ers. Uh, I think last week was an aberration. Patriots hadn't practiced in two weeks. They came out really sluggish in the game against the Broncos. The Broncos took full advantage of it. You know, congratulations to them. And they, you know, beat the Patriots. All of the Patriots, as bad as they looked, had a chance. They had the opportunity to actually win that game late. Fourth down play. Cam Newton made an Aaron pass, an Aaron pass, and they turned it over on downs. I think this week, if we've seen, if we've you know learned anything from Bill Belichick's past, when you when the Patriots have a bad loss like that, you know, remember when they got blown out by the Chiefs on the Cincinnati? They came out in that Cincinnati game, played great. I'm expecting the same today. I think Cam Newton has a bounce back game. You heard my bull prediction. I think Nikhil Harry gets into the end zone. So give me the Patriots over the 49ers. Next game, I'm taking the Bucks, the Buccaneers over the Raiders. The Raiders are a two and a half point home underdog. I just think the Buccaneers have found that magic formula and they are ready to go on a little run here. So I think winning by a field goal at least. I think that's easy for the Bucks. I think the Buccaneers win by a touchdown at least. So give me the Buccaneers in that matchup. Now the Raiders coming off a bye. Does 
give me some apprehension because the Raiders have looked good. So them getting some rest, although their whole offensive line was in like contact, contact tracing protocol. Now they're all expected to play except for Trent Brown, who did test positive. He's out, but the other four starting linemen will play today. But I just think the Buccaneers are, I mean, they're just the better team right now. So give me the Buccaneers in that matchup. Then the Monday night game, my last pick of the week, I'm taking the Rams five and a half point favorite over the Bears. Uh, I just think the Rams have too much too much offense for the Bears, and Nick Foles in that offense is too unpredictable for me. So I'm going to go with the team that's more uh, consistent, and that's the Rams. So Rams five and a half. Give give the Rams in that matchup. Review the picks. Falcons minus two and a half over the Lions. Um, Panthers upsetting the Saints. Saints minus seven and a half. Patriots, uh, two and a half point favorite over the 49ers. Buccaneers over the Raiders, two and a half point underdog. And Rams, five and a half point favorite over the Bears. So there you have it. Those are my week seven picks. I'm hoping for a, for a bounce back week. I am 18 and 17 on the year. I'm going to get to 60% by the end of the year. So there you are and with that thank you for tuning in if you're new hope you like what you heard you know you can comment on the show's facebook page or the twitter page at chomping podcast um twitter page is chomping at the bit i mean the facebook page chomping at the bit um yeah um podcast is on all the major platforms Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Definitely look for the show on there. Subscribe. And all of you have been with me so far. Appreciate you as well. So be safe out there. Enjoy uh, the slate of NFL games. And I'll definitely catch you next episode. All right. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Are you prepared for a more sustainable future? Critical climate challenges require critical thinking. Move from theory to action with a human-led, tech-powered approach that can move the needle on the mercury, but also help you build trust and drive positive change for your business and for our planet. ESG is part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.